Hello, my name is Don Marshall. You might remember me from the Don Marshall podcast show. Well, my new podcast show is called Don Marshall and Company, where we will be discussing the unique experiences of being black and gay in America, from discrimination to black excellence. And I'll be interviewing black gays and their personal experiences about being gay here in America. I really hope that you enjoy our show. Let's get started. Hey, folks out there, thanks for listening. And a lot of my uh, listeners have told me that uh, I'm not on the air. Well, it's because I took a good uh, Christmas vacation. So we're back and all that's over. Now my new season's coming up and we'll have some new interviewees coming up soon. Uh, Stay tuned. Well, today I have a great guest that's on today and ideal of what I'm trying to do with inspiring us. His name is Keith Shepard and he is definitely gonna give his experience to us. So, hello, Keith. Hello. Hey, good morning. Or it's morning here. How is... Uh, good, afternoon, good afternoon from Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> there you go. And also, happy Martin Luther King birthday, or belated. I think it's on the 15th. So, great. Well, Keith, as you know, you're pretty familiar with Don Marshall and Company. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Keith. Tell, who is Keith Shepard? Uh, Keith Shepard is same gender loving, 50 something year old black businessman slash dentist. And he lives in Smyrna, Georgia. He is a graduate of Florida A&M University, also a graduate of Howard University in Washington, D.C., former army officer, a field grade officer for those who are in the military, field mm-hmm. grade. a major and separated from the United States Army. Right, right, great, wow. Wow, that's spectacular in itself. Wow, so, so what kind of things have you uh, done in the community? And, what, and I know that definitely being a dentist is something that everyone needs. Do you ever go out and do those little free uh, dental work for, for the impoverished? Yes, I have. <laughs> I have indeed done charity work. I used to do every Friday. I'm sorry. One Friday out of the month at this um, a free health clinic here. It's, uh, it's funded by the Jewish community, but they offer um, free dental services, everything from cleanings to implants, which are really, really hard to do. They were even doing the Cirac crowns. Those are fancy Monday crowns. So I volunteered with them. I stopped during the pandemic and I have volunteered many a times on the Colgate dental van where we go to pre-elementary school age children and screen them and talk to the parents and have them report to a local dentist, especially when we saw the children with great needs. Wow, that's amazing. That's great stuff. So tell me a little bit about your journey. My journey is, um, it started out in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm a middle child Uh of three and I'm the only, the only, the only gay one. So I guess uh, in high school is when I decided that I wanted to be a dentist. I used to watch St. Elsewhere and Trapper John MD, and I said, oh, I want to be a doctor. But then when I started watching the hospital shows, <laughs> I saw where being in medicine, you all your life is not always yours. You got paid when it was your birthday. You got paid when it was your child's uh, birthday mm. and anniversaries and stuff. So I said in, in 10th grade, oh, I think I just want to be a dentist because I want to work from nine to five. And in my 10th grade mind, I saw my <laughs> secretary. I said, this is what I, we don't call them secretary. In 10th grade, I said, I'm going to call my secretary and say, I'm not coming to work today. I'm going to play golf because in 10th grade, <laughs> I envisioned that I would play golf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you played golf? 
No. <laughs> okay. Well, well you know, that's a tentative thinking too. I mean, there's a lot entailed making a, from that point to where you are. The reality of doing that probably don't have time if you're, you've got multiple, you know, things going on. It sounds like you know your data yes. and some of the businesses. Yes. Right on. Uh, I work part time over at the jail, the local uh, county jail here, where about ninety five percent of the population is African American. So I do my little my ministry from there for those that are that have the opportunity to go home and take care of their teeth because some don't have the opportunity they will never see freedom mm-hmm. right wow and, and they and they really appreciate um, because I come from a place of love and, and concern because I'm generally concerned about them because a lot of them could be my you know my brother or uncle or, or nephew and I find especially in the incarcerated population a lot of them don't know that they can't they couldn't go to the dentist they thought that if you had to have insurance to go to the dentist and so when you don't have insurance that's an excuse to not go get dental care and i told them you know i tell them all the time you go and you pay for tattoos you go and you pay for jordans you have your weed man on you know a regular he gets paid every week so just like you know, those <laughs> yeah. things you yeah. could also go to the dentist and pay Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, or cash and, and take care of your teeth because I've seen guys as young as 26 with their forefront teeth on the bottom in front of their tongue mm-hmm. because of gum disease. So some of these guys have developed gum disease in their 20s and you're not really supposed to have it until you're 40. Wow. Wow. That, that it sounds like that's a total ignoring of situations that need to be handled right away. Teeth you can't play with because you need to talk and also need to eat with them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. With with without good dentition, you can't sustain uh, proper nutrition, and that's uh, you know, nutrition is key to survival. So I tell them, you know. People always say an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Mm-hmm. I say you could have gone and got your teeth cleaned for a hundred dollars, you know, or so, and you know, like maybe got one less tattoo because <laughs> they're padded, you know, from the arms to the chest to the fingers to the face to everything. And I'm like, you could have been getting your teeth cleaned because how good, ultimately, how good are you gonna look when you're lit with tattoos? So I, I, I use the word lit because that's what young people use. I said, <laughs> how are you going to be lit with tattoos and you got no teeth? Right, right. Yeah, definitely. And then, you're, you know, with that infection that you, you could be having in the mouth, it even affects the body, I understand. Am I right? I've heard that. It does. It does. There's a protein that's found in, in dental tartar mm-hmm. that that's the only place in the human body where it's found they've isolated that bacteria from people's coronary arteries so that means if the bacteria if there's only one place where it could come from it came from you know the the dental tartar and it affects their heart so you know if you get your teeth clean you could possibly prevent yourself from having a, a, a cardiac episode Right, right, and you know, and uh, I've heard people get a, a uh, what's called angioplasty, or where they go in and they put a metal tube in your, a very soft metal tube in your arteries yes. to open them up, and a lot of it's clogged with that heavy tartar. It's, uh, it, yeah. So, wow, exactly. And the people who have diabetes, they're predisposed to to tooth loss just because of the diabetes. So, right. If you combine, like a lot of people in the black community, if you're smoking Newports and smoking back in my because it seems that everybody smokes the same brand of cigarettes. If you are smoking and you're not flossing because a lot of people don't feel like it's important to floss, our moms may have not known, they may have not pushed the importance right. of flossing, but if you don't floss and you smoke and you have diabetes, that's like a trifecta for, for tooth loss. Just asking for it, yeah. 
Well, uh, great. I hope people are listening, and this is a good uh, information that we that you're giving about that because a lot of people don't even think twice about their teeth, and um, only when it's hurting or only when it's time to get an ex- ex- extraction. <laughs> I've been exactly. to me people go through that. And the other danger is when you get dental abscesses, if you're not treated, you know, quickly enough, you could end up with bacterial sepsis, which can kill you. Mm, that's why I don't kiss anyone when I meet them right away, you know, I, I have to kind of look at their mouth. <laughs> it's very important not to kiss a whole lot of mouths. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I look at their, you know, that's one thing too. When I was dating back in, in the day, the uh-huh. first thing I would look at is their teeth. Yes, I look at their teeth, and and if they're a smoker and they're and they're brown, well, you know that you know I'd see that, and then also too, if they had bad breath, which means that could be some kind of infection or something. Your gums are bleeding a lot. Yes, and, and and because it's a bacterial infection, bacteria can be transferred from yeah. one person to another person. Absolutely. So you really have to be careful who you're kissing. Yeah. And, and I guess the one thing that we haven't talked about was um, HPV because a oh. lot of people, especially in the gay community, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you are perform oral sex, anal sex, or if you are, yeah, if you if you eat ass and the person has HPV, you are more susceptible to uh, to to oral cancer, to HPV, which leads to mm-hmm. different cancers in the mouth. Right, right. You see them; they build up like calluses. I've seen pictures, and yeah. H- HPV HPV is not a not a good thing, but now. That's why it's so controversial where they were trying to vaccinate all the kids in school because they're trying to prevent them from getting HPV so they won't get cancer. Right. And when, and even girls have to be careful, too, when they're dating. If the guy is a carrier of HPV, she definitely needs to be careful. You know, it's kind of funny. If you meet Sonia Likey, you both are kind of mutual. It seems like... You know, they should go to the doctor and get checkups and then hand each other the paper. I mean, you know, to see if they're predisposed or carriers of all kind of uh, uh, different things. Definitely when I heard monkeypox, I definitely ran out and got a, got a shot, you know, just because, you know, you can rub against someone and catch it. So, um, and the numbers are starting to grow a little bit. Not as much up here in, in Oregon as it is probably in your large area of, of, of large city. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting topic that we're talking about uh, regarding the health. It just started from the dental conversation. Definitely, uh, it's good information. So, so your journey. So you did your 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 schooling. Got your degree. Was in the military, which was I didn't know. That's great. My, my dad and brothers were in the military. I I was a little bit hesitant because uh, they didn't have don't ask, don't tell. So I I you know I have a weakness for men in uniform. So that's <laughs> that's why. Yeah, I, I was I was in a don't I was in a don't ask, don't tell uh, era. Right now, it's I think it's um you can be out and you can be whatever there and that now. Right. But, People weren't supposed to ask, but they still did. That was a a BS thing that Clinton uh, threw out there. It wasn't enough, you know, for us. And he kind of backed, uh, you know, he kind of backed himself to a corner by saying, you know, don't ask, don't tell. And, you know, and the gay community was absolutely uh, upset with him. So I definitely can see that. Thank goodness for Obama and and Panetta, which allowed you, if you, you get married, you would get the same benefits as a wife would, a military wife. So that's a good thing, too. So a lot of things have changed. Now, when did you come out? When did they know that you were, per se, a 
queer or of the LGBTQ plus affiliate. <laughs> so I think my brother and sister, they knew probably around late middle school, early high school. Actually, my um, my sister caught me with one of my friends in the in the bedroom, so she knew at that at that very moment. My brother, I think in high school, he asked me, it's like people ask me, is Keith gay, is he gay? And I tell him no. But um, are you, he asked me, and I told him yes. But I didn't officially come out to my parents. I think I was 31, I had gone to Fort Bragg, and I met a guy, and I was happy, and I fell in love, and I thought everybody would be happy that I was happy and that I, I, you know, I found love at 31 years old. Wow, late bloomer. That was like first, um, first real relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, being raised in a Pentecostal church, uh-huh. it didn't go well. No, I was raised in a Pentecostal church too. And my mother's from uh, Waycross, Georgia. And my yeah. grandfather was a minister, so yeah, wasn't happening. But yeah, I got, uh, I got from my parents. They would get get me in a car, and they would double team me. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. What about your nephews and what about your cousins? What's everybody gonna say? My mom said, "You've been so good, and you made all these good decisions with your life. Now you're making this terrible, horrible decision." to be gay you know it's kind of funny how they think that it's a choice or it's something that uh that uh we can turn off and turn on actually you know for those who are listening it's in our fiber who we are and once we formulate that and i think mine's happened around puberty when you know 13 12 13 when i was you know supposed to make that right the other the other team I was looking at this Hawaiian kid, you know, and I didn't know why. And then when I go to church, a man in a PR card in suit would just take me to my knees. <laughs> so it was really hard to kind of stifle out. And I even I even asked God, wait, you know, the waving of the in the air of your hands, uh, please take this from me, you know, and, and believing uh, that it would happen. And then I, I had to realize that, wait a minute, this is who I am, and it's not a choice, you know. My father, when he found out, even told me, "Yeah, date women, date women, and he can sneak and do the other on the side." And that really pissed me off because, you know, being a young man during the AIDS epidemics, that and, and to see people on the down low, you know, they would go and bring disease back to their wife, and then later on, the kids were orphans because both parents passed away from them. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me was, you know, my dad was so embarrassed. I even called his hand and said, you know what? Because he worked, he was a, a civil service worker and he worked at the Army Depot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know what? You better be glad that I'm not, you know, prancing around in, in drag or cross-dressing. I mean, to each his own, but that's just not my thing. Because right. my, bro- my brothers were football players, so I, you know, I had to kind of, you know, there was no femininity, you know, at all that I exuded. But I told him, I said, yeah, I'm going to get, a, I, and I made specific, a black polka dot dress and some heels and a, and a wig twisted inside of my head. I'm going to go in the Army Depot and I'm going to call for you and then say, that's my dad right there, you know. And he he laughed, you know. I I think I had a little, a little bit of nervousness, but then he laughed and you're not going to do that, uh, you know. But we had a good laugh on that one. But it can't, I try to give him perspective, like, you know what? He did raise me right to a point where, you know, I'm not going to be crazy in public, you know. Uh, Oh, you know, what I would consider crazy from my character, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I had a very, very similar thing. My dad said, well, why, why don't you just get a girl and pretend? Mm-hmm. So, so I asked him, I said, my sister's name is Lily. And I said, so you want somebody like me to get with, to get with Lil? Because that's what we called her. Mm-hmm. And he, he was dumbfounded when I asked that question. I was like, why would you, you know, wish that on somebody's daughter? 
Right, right. And that suggestion definitely uh, wasn't uh, the best thing. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. My dad is now, I think, a little bit more supportive than my mom. I had gone through um, prostate cancer. Yes, I remember reading your Facebook page, yeah. Yeah, and uh, my ex moved in with me during that time and uh, gone out and bought me night lights and stuff so I didn't trip over my catheter. I had to wear a catheter for a little oh, Yeah, man, that's right. Mom was like, she hated him always. I guess she probably would hate any man that I that I yeah. hate. She especially hated him. She was like, oh, he went out and bought all these night lights. He's just trying to run up your bills. <laughs> no. I thought it was very sweet because he didn't want me to trip over my catheter because that would be very mm. Pulling that thing out. Oh, God, that hurts. So, yeah. so my dad said, he said, shut up, Leela, and be quiet. At least he got somebody here with him. So he, in that moment, showed me that he was a little more supportive than she was. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was it was weird. Yeah, you know, everyone, you know, what, what was interesting, once my parents found out, and, and, and my brother, actually, I helped, you know, he, he would, my, we were going to college, uh, we're a year uh, and a half, or close, well, a year apart almost, uh-huh. at 17 months, and so he, we were both going to college, and he said something to someone that was private, I guess my mom didn't want it out. And she and him got into an argument and she kicked him out. And he was still playing football. So the school had like a little shack that they had that the guys could stay. They're coming from different parts of the country and live there and go to school rent free. But it was a beat up place. And I landed a great part-time job and I got an apartment and I brought him on and come on in. You know, it's my brother. And when I went to work, he rifled through everything and found my magazines. And then he brought them to my parents. See, this is what he was doing, you know. This is what he he is, you know. And I was like, why did you, I helped you out. You made a point to come in and, you know, get my magazines. Yeah, unlock my my suit, my little attache case. He managed to pry that open, and then I had some weed. You know, a little bit of weed my neighbor sold me that they grew out of their closet in those days, and I had it hidden in one of my shoes. And I had like a thousand shoes, so he rifled through everything. And he, you know, my brother just didn't have a life. Somehow, it wasn't as dynamic or very. Uh, he's very obtuse when it comes to interacting with people, and. You know, so he wanted to know what I was doing all the time. <laughs> so he, he he rifled through, and then I thought that was a big betrayal, and I, I just simply you know, closed the apartment and uh, did my own thing elsewhere, but I didn't involve him anywhere in my life. That was something that I needed to take time to do for myself. Glad your brothers and sisters didn't out you, because that is an individual thing that you need to deal with it, you know, uh, and when you're ready to tell them, that's when you do, but not someone else to, to, to bust you out of the closet, and, you know. Yeah, my sister could have because she caught me with Nicholas Wilkerson and we were bumping and grinding. Well, well, I mean, it does start off at that point, bumping your thing. <laughs> Do you realize where the hole is? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I understand. I'm definitely experimenting and that kind of thing. And uh, so, let me ask you a question: What's yes. your relationship like with your brother now? My brother, you know, at the same time, I helped him get a job working where I was working. It was a, it was a developmentally disabled kids with problems. The state put them in these particular homes, and these are this is a private facility. And we had, we did programs to change their behavior through behavior mod. And I helped him get on. And then he wanted to open up a program, a, you know, um, a thing like that for we were kids. Okay. And turns out he got a grant for 107000 to start work on it. But he 
didn't have an accountant or anything to allocate where he spent. And when mom passed away that same year, uh, he just started spending radically and not not keeping up with that grant money that he was responsible for. Went to prison for five years, uh, a federal prison. And so then when he got out of prison, he started driving trucks because they don't care. They wanted you know, a human being behind a big rig. So he started doing that and making a living doing that. And we lost track of him for years until he got to my uncle and he kind of guided him to us. And it was surprising to hear from him, but he's still underhanded. He's trying to be a minister right now. And he stammers, he stammers a lot when he tries to preach the word. It's almost embarrassing. Uh, he's trying, but I think he likes control. He likes to, uh, he's very, very uh, controlling. Always has been. So he's going to try to do that through his ministry. A long story with him. Kind of like the, he's that one brother that I don't even have any dealings with. I talk to him once in a while, but I just kind of leave him be. I mean, he got married and then ran the woman away by telling her she was worthless after she buys everything and, and helps him and support him and everything. And she just said, I'm taking everything, I'm leaving. And she left. And so he can't keep any kind of intimate relationships with women. Uh, yeah, he's just, you know, socially uh, in that. But I think all of our family have gone through things with the strictness that we've been through through our parents. So, but other than that, we're, you know, he, I live with a long handle spoon. He's over in Nevada and I'm way in Portland. So we don't have to necessarily see each other. So, but uh, my brother lives with him. So I talked with him and he conveys things. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he's still, I just don't trust him. You know, he's done everything to each one of us using my brother's social security number when he's still in junior high school. And then when he gets an apartment, he's got an outstanding bill for electric. And and he, and then also his uh, social security number is used for a job. So he never would get his uh, income tax return. This guy's ruthless. <laughs> he's ruthless. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, so now you've now where we were was you you uh, have, talking about your experience coming out, and you did talk about what you do in the community, which is really terrific stuff. Where do you see us going, future? I mean, and and as you know, I talked about us being a subgroup from being you know from our African American. Uh, groups because of uh, you know strict teaching about homosexuality through the church and so forth. So some people still have that ooh or that ick factor when they find out that you're gay. Right. Uh, and so then we get kind of ostracized a little from that group. Uh, so again, we're a subgroup of being of being who we are. Gotcha, gotcha. And where do you see that going? Uh, in the future. I mean, it's gotten a lot better. In the 80s, it was really bad. 90, early 90s, really bad. But now I'm seeing kids coming up that it's on TV, it's all it's all over the place. Uh, where do you, do you think that we're not going to have those that particular element going forward? Yeah, I think, like, a lot of people believe that time is going to heal racism when all the older people with racist uh, ideas when they die off and you know there's new generations to come mm -hmm. I feel like you know the young generation has it much much easier and people are more accepting and people are more tolerant and like with the um, with the stuff that happened to like um, the baby and uh, anybody who speaks against now it's it's commonly known don't don't fuck with the gays you yeah. know don't I mean, and, and especially Kevin Hart, which made had some uh, gay jokes that he did about his not wanting his son to be gay, and I and that stopped him from hosting the uh, Academy Awards. Right. You know, so it just those little. I mean, just and the naysayers, Joe Rogan, you know, and others. I mean, but yet we see that it's getting better. But at the same time, too, there's the Proud Boys, you know. 
I guess they are taking a lot of the stuff from their parents and the old people and trying to bring it forth, but they have to definitely modernize it to where it's not as, you know, but as bad, but still at the same time, it's, it's negative. Well, it, to me, it has to get better and it is disheartening when mm -hmm. you find out, like when Trump was running for office and you saw the kids at middle school building a wall around their black teacher or their Mexican teacher where they was just like really being offensive, you know, in the name of Trump. Mm -hmm. And there was some incidents at West Point, you know, in the past couple, you know, couple five years where West Point graduates or West Point students anyway, have written nigger on people's doors and stuff. So, you know, you're gonna have a little bit, but I guess it should be a really, really small percent of the population mm. participate in that kind of um, behavior. You know, compared to 50 years ago, compared to 60 years ago, it should be, you know, minuscule. Is the hope in that one day, you know, racism won't be a thing. Right, right, right. Well, we, I think we, it, we won't we won't be here to see it, but maybe no, it'll. No, I don't think we will. But I, I have to say this is that element will always be around due to the fact that uh, America was basically built on racism. People ask me, you know, why do we, we have to be so politically correct? And why do we have to say this and that? You know, and it's because the way we started, the way we killed, the way Indians were killed, the way blacks were slaved, the way all people of color were treated. So today, based on all of the afflictions that went on, we have to be careful on what we're saying in public. We have to be politically yeah, correct. Yeah, but we they don't have, want to. They have to, get they have to get better because remember, Ellen lost her show because she was gay. And then a few years later, Ellen, Ellen got her show. And now there's openly gay characters in almost every TV you know, show, every sitcom. And, you know, the RuPaul's drag race and the success that it's had. Uh, 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 Drew, um, Drew Barrymore got Ross Matthews, that, you know, on the show, so co-host. Ross Matthews. He used to be an intern at the Tonight Show, and he was this, that high squeaking voice that would come out of nowhere when, when uh, Jay Leno would call for him. And, uh, and just by doing that job, he became a celebrity. Okay. Yeah, so Ross Matthews, and he's right there with Drew, and they hug, and they do all the, you know, sweet stuff that I should get an insulin shot after I'm watching the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ross is another one that's on your daytime television. Yeah, and then the, the rise, the rising success of Billy Porter. Oh, there we and, go. And the trans girl from Orange Is the New Black. I can't think of. Um, her name but she's very popular she just started calling her name and I said, wow yeah yeah she and and then and then also too you know in hollywood the writers the the music the you know i mean yeah disney i mean it took me back when i was watching something on the disney channel where i think it was called a strange world when they went under the earth and they found there was another civilization there and they were trying to heal it. Anyway, the back, backtrack to the girl from Orange New Black is Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox. Yes, Laverne Cox, a, a, a trans person. So, yeah. So it's just popping up. It's getting more prevalent, but still there's, you know. And you got, and you got Big Frida. She's a, a hip hop artist. Yes, and she's. Do you know, I know Big Frida from from Louisiana? Very, very popular culture, and then the the character, in P Valley, Uncle Clifford. So, oh my gosh, people yeah. are being really, really exposed and immersed, and you know, mm -hmm. so they have to, you know, and people have to become more open and more understanding with so much exposure. I right. Right, and it, what's interesting, with, I think, with exposure also, it I think it's developed this uh, where you your your pronouns are you know you're, you're not you're what's that word you're non-binary, meaning right. that you've got you you know your 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 sex, but at the same time too, I guess you don't act on it. I don't know. It confused the heck out of me when I came up here twenty years ago. 
and how these words were very prevalent out here. My understanding is non-binary is you don't want to be identified as a he or she. You are they for them and you your acceptable pronoun where you don't want to be referred to as either he or she. You become they or them. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm a baby boomer and, and, and queer, but at the same time too, wow. A, I mean, lot of, a lot of stuff is new. They addressed that in even the Best Man series that aired on Peacock where one of the main characters, his son was hiding his um his, his high heels and, and lock boxes and stuff. And so when his dad went around, he would dress up and put on lashes and makeup. Um, and by the end of the show, yes, yes. By the end of the show, he was saying they and them instead right. of he. Right. Where, where in our day, they would say they were gay because it, there was no distinction at that time. Uh, and yeah, and, and I. When he wore those those uh, Italian boots with the with the glass heel, walking towards what's her name anyway, Aaliyah, uh, no no um, Nia Nia along, I was like I knew something was up because he was not really ready to to quit football and he was doing everything his dad said and then when I saw him, you know, so I we call it sauntering. It, you know, I thought, wow. Well, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And the way Chestnut was carrying on, he was like, and then no one told him because it wasn't their right to do. But he got busted. And then the fact that no, everyone knew and wouldn't tell him. He was like, yeah, that was an interesting episode. Very, very interesting episode. I watched, I binge watched that series. It was really good. Series, it was really good. So yeah, so we know that it's it's in the media, it's in Disney, it's all over the place. So one of my uh, interviewees, uh, his name is um, uh, Jaquan Pandy, a pastry chef in New York. He came out to his mother. He lived with his grandmother and mother in the projects, and he remembered Queer's Folk and other things that are on TV coming up at the time. And he said, this is the perfect time to let them know. And he did. And they said, well, we still love you, which is kind of like I was ostracized for a while. But, you know, they didn't completely reject me, but I just kind of disappeared. But, you know, they said, you know, and, and she even said, the mother said, you know, it's a hard decision that you're making, uh, you know, but we, we still love you. So that means that no one really understands you know that it's something that you know pick and choose it just happens yeah because when you break down the definition of unconditional love it's supposed to mean love without condition exactly yeah but yeah and and parents are supposed to love their children unconditionally regardless of whatever they do well you know my mom had trouble with you know because her thing was she wanted grandchildren you know and I I just kind of, that wasn't on my spectrum, <laughs> but uh, she had grandchildren, but she couldn't hold it against me too much, as much as my dad. My mom, I used to, you know, when dad and mom would go out, I would do her makeup and fix her wigs and find an outfit that matches and do her nails. My other brothers are completely obtuse about her womanhood. And I saw, I saw her, you know, I, you know, I mean, they could give the dog, you know, she's going to go out, oh, well. And I'm going, no, 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 let's get you, you know, looking good, you know, in dad's arms kind of thing. And she loved it. So when I came out, that part of me would have, you know, I, I would have just kind of said, you know, I'm not, you know, if you're going to carry on, who's going to do your nails and, and things and such. But she couldn't hold it. In fact, my brother who outed me said, you know what, I realize he's still the same Don we knew. He's not changed or become any any different. He's still the same Don. So, you know, you guys knock it off because my other brothers and dad were making, you know, little jokes. Right. You know, and uh, he, yet he did that to me. He still stood up for me. You know, that was kind of... That was, that's unusual. Yeah, but my brother thought it was fine. So, but in any case, but yeah, I found that a bit noble, though. But I think that came from guilt of what he did. It could have been anything, but still, 
he was wrong by outing me. My therapist said that that's a bit traumatic, you know, you know, growing up and then having something that is a big secret and then having it, you know, betrayed. Yeah, that can definitely ruin relationships. So one thing though, still there's love. I love him with all my heart. If anything happened to him, I would be there. But I, you know, since he's doing okay, fingers crossed, I, I, I don't need to have conversation with him. I can see that he, he's, he's changed since he came out of prison. So, any case, yeah. What was the other thing that we were going to talk about? You were going to ask me what what kind of volunteerism I've done for the Black gay community, and it's interesting because I just learned there was a Black gay fraternity. Um, I was invited to an event they're having there. Wow. I don't know, Conclave or, you know, the grand meeting here in Atlanta this weekend, which happens to be, it's not Black Gay Pride weekend, but it's just as big as Black Gay Pride weekend. Yeah. It's, it's because it's Martin Luther King holiday. So mm -hmm. they were there and the name of it was like Tau Alpha Omega something. It was, I know, Tau Alpha Sigma something, something with TAS, but. I went to their meeting and they had a lot of ceremonies and they had like the girls the, who do the the drill team dancing, uh -huh. you know, the gay guys that do the drill team dancing. They had all of that. It was very unusual. A lot of guys in heels, a lot of guys in skirts. It was a lot of ultra feminine guys and some normal looking guys. But I didn't even know that this um this fraternity existed. But I was there as a, you know, dental education uh, specialist. And so they didn't have me speak, but I just set up a table and, you know, offered, you know, my services and encouraged the other people to go and get services wherever they are, because just like the the incarcerated population, mm -hmm. they know that they, that, they, that they can go to the dentist without insurance. I wanted to let them know you don't have to have insurance, you know, just like you buy, Granted, the the things that that I say at the jail is not what I would say to those. I'll say you go buy Louis Vuitton purses and you go buy Gucci purses. So instead of you going to buy purses, you go get your teeth cleaned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You at least sacrifice your 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 stuff uh, because teeth and health play into one big uh, spectrum. And uh, a Louis Vuitton purse, uh, by its purchase, puts money in their pocket <laughs> and so and that's why your teeth are rotting <laughs> you know so. yeah so it's just it's just priority so i i have to tailor you know tailor tailor make my my uh, my arguments you know towards the audience and so in the jail it's tattoos weed and jordans and and the hey. gay population is fendi bags louis vuitton bags gucci bags oh and also paying for favors uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I had to throw something in, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Money should go for your health first, and then you can do all the other stuff as long as you got it all managed well. I think that's that's something that people haven't realized how important dental health is. And I'm surprised it's not, you know, uh, placed in with medical. I mean, it would make sense. Dentistry has always taken a back seat to medicine because like even in the jail where we can't see patients without an officer present, but they'll be like, oh, well, you know, y'all are only dental. So, you know, calm down. We got these people to be seen in medical. They got x-rays to take, they got this to do. So it's dentistry is always taking a back seat, but it's um, and probably for the gay community, uh -huh. it's probably a little bit more tied to you know self-esteem and mental health because if right. you, can't, you can't smile and you're self-conscious about your smile and you get depressed and you already got you know mental health issues it's you know it could be very very disastrous so people's smile is 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 tied into their self-esteem and self-esteem can affect you know depression yep. so there's a big big mental health piece of uh of you know taking care of your 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 oral health. Mm -hmm. I, I did have a patient years ago. Mm -hmm. Years ago when I was practicing in the Philadelphia area, she says, 
to her daughter, this Dr. Shepard, I want you, Dr. Shepard, he saved my life. I don't know what that meant. I don't know if she was, you know, so depressed about her smile that she was going to commit suicide, but she said, I want you to meet Shepard. He saved my life. I just took it for what it was worth. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I, I it's spoken it. volumes, though, based I, on what you're saying. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. I have, I have, you know, given people a denture or a bunch of crowns, and they have cried, and, you know, so it's a it's a very emotional thing. It really is. It really is. I have... Uh, those are my good days. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. If that's your good days, and especially someone who you know give you you know props about changing their life that that means you're you're definitely out there doing service yeah i'll never forget i gave um a young girl about say circa 35 36 i don't i don't remember her exact age but she i gave her a mirror and her head just started bobbing like she was listening to music she just started bobbing her head she was like uh 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 I'm going to the club <laughs> <laughs> so I guess well, well it's, there's a reward I, guess, I mean that you know, she's doing wasn't, wasn't you know up to par and she stopped going to the club and so as soon as she got those new teeth she was happy she was going back to the club you know I, I uh, suffer with diabetes a lot of things I'm going through and I was about 300 pounds and now I lost a lot of weight and diabetes is, you know, I have it, but it's, it's definitely controlled. I don't use insulin anymore, things, but my bottom teeth were all loose and I brushed them. I did everything I could, but still the diabetes said goodbye regardless. So I'll tell you the teeth numbers. This is on the bottom in between your eye tooth and your other eye tooth those four in the middle are the most susceptible to loss because they're they're the, the skinniest and the shortest roots so they make the weakest anchors and they're the first to go so nine times out of ten when we make people partials mm-hmm. they, those four front teeth the lower front teeth right in front of your tongue it's a whole plate so it's a oh. whole dentist at the bottom to my dentist he said you need some implants you know and this is a uh, brother who came from uh, Washington, D.C. and said they're doing implants there to help people with their teeth. Wow, I wish that they provided services like that out here. Uh, yeah. That's for, you know, even for low income. Implants, uh, very, very expensive. They usually range about 5000 per tooth. So mm-hmm. if you get a mouthful of implants, you, you know, you could buy a Cadillac with that. But they have, <laughs> they have they have implant systems now, where it's an all on four system, or all on six. So they put pretty much for your lower arch, they uh-huh. they will put two implants where your eye teeth used to be, and right. two to replace the back teeth, and they're evenly located, um, or evenly spaced apart. Uh-huh. And they they connect those four implants with a titanium bar, and they build you a tooth gum system. Uh-huh. that does not it's not removable it's just like having real teeth I think you have to go every year or two just for the, get them adjusted yeah the maintain the make sure that the um you know the, the hardware is is up to specs but those usually is what they advertise on clear choice if you see those clear choice implants where the guy says oh I was a I was a dealer at the casino and yeah one day I was eating candy my teeth broke and yeah Dentures weren't an uh, option for me. I had these implants done, and now for five or six people don't compliment me, but they're like, wow, look at those teeth. Your yeah. teeth are Makes a huge difference. The only thing they don't tell you is you need about $60,000. So, you know, there, I, I, I thought I saw something on the internet where you can get grant money that will pay for uh, that. And okay. I'm still looking for that. I, I, I misplaced the information. That would be wonderful because um, $60,000 is, is, is out of range for a lot of people. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It is. It, 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 I guess, you know, things, foods that you couldn't eat, they, they become, you know, an option for you again. So it would 
probably be a life changing thing. But at the, at the clear choice, if you don't have the money, they'll they'll encourage you to apply for credit cards and they'll apply. Oh, yeah, some way to finance it. Yeah, yeah, they'll encourage you to um, take out a mortgage on your house or whatever. They give you a lot of ideas on how you can get the money if you don't have it. Yeah, or GoFundMe, right? <laughs> get your GoFundMe pages for you know for those who are low income. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so they're pretty expensive. They need to come down in cost. I think uh, you're you're actually doing a great service for someone. Uh, it's you know, and medical and dental definitely hit you in the pocket one way or the other. And uh, with people low income, they do get medical, and the ones who are ill on social security disability or social security they can get the free medical as well. Uh, but the dental, there's a call, always a little swaggering, a little tiny cost in it. Uh-huh. This, you know, just doesn't do the same thing as medical. And, and, and you know, I don't think that they sh- anyone is a dentist should be re- regarded less as a medical professional due to the fact that technology is happening. And we're starting to see that a lot of the uh, illnesses and so forth are connected that you would have to see your doctor for. I wish you could convey that to the insurance company because our repayment rates suck. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. So there's a backside a little bit to that, huh? Nothing is ever candy and roses. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's about money. I mean, I think that when they were, this one guy who owned this company for EpiPens ran it up as high as he wanted to and there's no cap on on these kind of things right now that's federally uh and and steps the federal government doesn't step in on that so they just run it up as high as they want and people were suffering have to come up with the cost yeah so yeah so but yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, prevention is, like you were saying earlier, is so important. And I think even with the prevention of going to your dentist and staying aware of, of your needing to see him all the time, get the teeth clean and whole nine yards and floss, you know, things that we should include as maintenance every day, that will prevent us from getting the type of illnesses and it also too uh, to, for, you know save on costs because you're not having the, you know, these teeth that are loose or rotten or whatever uh, or gum disease exactly so, so yeah prevention the, is definitely important this is what i tell my patients the dollar tree which is now the dollar 25 tree you could go in. <laughs> you can buy four boxes of floss for five dollars and toothpaste and and right. mouthwash mm-hmm. and you can get those those floss picks they come 60 in a bag um so you buy five dollars buys you 240 that's almost a year's worth of picks and so yeah if you're flossing because i tell my patients i break it down like percentage wise in school everybody went to school everybody understands grades seven times 15 is 105 so we're going to use 15 for practical purposes because we don't want to use numbers like 14.667890. Right. right. So you, you earn 15% per day that you floss. So one day a week, you got a 15%, two days a week, 30, three days a week, 45, four days, 60. I say you can pass if you think a D is passing, like, you know, you're, you, you <laughs> know, didn't have high expectations in school. D can pass, you know. Again. Yeah. In a shameful way, yeah, but right, right. But I tell I tell my patients five days a week minimum, five five times fifteen to seventy five. Seventy five is a C. If you ace the next exam, one hundred and seventy five, you still got to be average. But if you have zero or fifteen, say you floss one day a week, you got fifteen percent. You ace the next test, you got one hundred and fifteen. 115 and a half is like 67.5. So you still have a failing average. Therefore, your goal should be at least five days a week. And so you can hopefully prevent cavities and you can prevent gum disease because if you get a regular cleaners, two regular cleanings are free. If you have insurance, mm-hmm. these are much more expensive and your out-of-pocket is much more. But tooth replacement 
is much more expensive because a bridge is about $3,600, you know, mm-hmm. if insurance and implants are about 5000 So it's way cheaper to go to Dollar, Dollar Tree, buy your toothpicks and buy your, your floss picks and your dental floss, and you said toothbrushes and toothpaste too. Yeah, that's what, you know, what I do is what I, I, I stock up on those. So when I, cause I use an electric toothbrush, uh, but I stock up on those for like, you know, you know, guests that stay the night and don't have, yeah. So I keep that yes. at all times. Yeah. Yeah. I go with the assumption that everybody's brushing daily mm-hmm. and people aren't flossing. So I mostly stress the floss because brushing the expectation is everybody's already brushing but I guess you know there are exceptions to every rule yeah you know I, I find you know when I floss but I find that when I use that electric toothbrush it's as if I had like you can feel your teeth just are so clean it seems like you just left the dentist right right but still there's things that are deep deep in there that needs to be taken care of by a dental hygienist yeah, uh, yeah, we do recommend Sonic. I don't, it's yep. however many thousands of revolutions per minute is mm-hmm. what Sonic means. It just turns super, super fast. And right. so the studies show, yeah, get much more efficient cleaning because nobody can move their hand as fast as a Sonic. No, I mean, I think when, you, when it's buzzing and you're, you, you can hear it just like your whole brain, you know, but you get through it. Sonic <laughs> care is the gold standard, but uh-huh. as long as as long as you find a brush that has Sonic in it, that means that it it, it certain amount of revolutions per minute, then then you're doing better. You're getting a more efficient clean than a toothbrush. It's, you can get a, uh, you know, with a manual toothbrush, you can get a very good clean. It just takes a lot longer, which right. Americans, the reason why drive through fast food places are so popular and Uber Eats and DoorDash and um, all these Hello Freshes and these home delivery services, because everybody's saying that they don't have time. Right. Well, there's eight hours of leisure time of sleep, there's eight hours of work, and then there's eight hours of something else that you, you know, I mean, that you're not doing so that. It, yeah, know. but a lot of people say they're too busy to floss or, or too, too, either too busy or too lazy. Well, they just have to get a cavity. That'll, that'll snap them out of it real quick. <laughs> you know, a hurting cavity, something that's going to rinse some harsh pain. <laughs> so, well, great. You know, I, we had a great time. It's kind of the end of the show. You gave some a wealth of good information. What kind of inspirational things can you tell people who are trying to make it in school or, you know, because you, you, you strive to do, to become a dentist or whatever direction you're going and had it in your head, you know, when you were a kid. Of course, you did a different direction, but still, you're kind of yeah, so close to the field in medical. Still, should be regarded as a medical field. Right, right. So, so my advice would be to go to school and, and study hard and um, get good grades so that you have more options. The higher your GPA, the more options that you have. You can go to medical school, law school, you know, nursing school. If you you got you know 2.0 GPA, you all those doors probably will be closed for you. So just study hard. And, and, and college is not for everyone because there's also trade schools, plumbers, uh, cabinet makers, I mean, cement layers, you know, uh, not everyone is cut out for college. But if you, gotcha. know, but you, know. you want to have a skill. So if that skill is plumbing, I pay plumbers $500 to change out a toilet. They take their mm-hmm. to do it. Electricians, yeah. they get paid a lot of money. Huh? locksmith if I have to change my lock because um, you know one of my staff members left and she took the key with her I gotta change about $300 for 15-20 minutes of commercial you know commercial they charge more for commercial locks than residential but you pay I pay through the nose for locksmithing so well actually you took it out of their check right no I'm kidding Uh, so so whatever you want to do, um, my advice is to find a mentor. Right. 
and have the mentor live the way that you want to live. And if you're comfortable with, you know, you, they may not tell you how much they make or, you know, divulge personal information, but find a mentor, find someone that, you know, that lives the way you want to live and that you shadow that person and that person will guide you. My personal dentist was my my mentor and I went to his office in high school and I watched what he did and I made sure that that was really what I wanted to do and then he helped me and gave me books and gave me advice and said look for this person look for that person and you know wow that that was someone that really had your back and and I think it, uh, us being older we were kind of the elders I was watching uh, Pose and listening to Billy Porter uh, in that in that movie, and he was talking about being the elder, uh, helping you know, you know the youth and giving him. I don't ever give good advice. I never say or give anyone advice. I say fools never heed it, and wise men never need it. So I'll suggest. Let me highly suggest. Gotcha, gotcha. And when even when I was um, out of high school. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. I went to this really expensive neighborhood that my parents could never afford. And I would just drive around and look at those houses and that would help me get my focus. When I was became unfocused, I looked and said, if I want to live like these people, mm-hmm. got to get in these books, I got to do this, I got to do that. So if that's what the young people need to do, then that's what they need to do. I think the difference between then and now is that everybody's making all this money on social media and they got all these scams with cryptocurrency and that. So a lot of people don't want to work. A lot of people don't want to study. They want quick, fast money. They want to be Instagram famous. They want to be social media influencers. And so I think that 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 part is killing a lot of the education piece for the young people because everybody wants the easy way out. Why would you go to college and study for four years and go to medical school for four more years and go to residency for five more years when you could be a social media influencer and make millions of dollars? Right. But then, you know, we're so saturated with them, you know, and and you've got to have a real high self-esteem to really put yourself into that arena. And if you're not there, you're not going to succeed, really. It takes tenacity and... uh, you know, and to be an influencer, yeah, you know, uh, it's just a lot of work. But here's the thing is, you know, there was someone that, uh, uh, they had to be about 30, and I met on one of the dating sites some years ago, and they had this laptop computer with all these gadgetries, and it, and it was, and he wanted to you know, make his own beats and his own music and stuff. I said, you need to go get certified as one of those board technicians, you know, and then you have credibility. He wants to be a producer and all this. You're, you're going to, you know, if you're looking at how, you know, a lot of the early rap happened, those guys didn't go to school or college, but they had a business savvy and they were able to make money, like, you know, uh, by, by selling drugs. Right, right. You know, and and that's no way of doing. That's not realistic at all. Yeah, that's that's why I'm not a fan of um, of rap music because it it's it's almost like it socializes socializes young people into thinking that it's okay to sell drugs until your rap career takes off, and then you know. So the, the whole trap music is you know you know what a trap house is. Uh huh. It's it's a drug house. So. Yeah, in Atlanta we have a trap museum, and I think that's the opposite, going the opposite direction of where we need to be going. When you encourage people to be trap stars, right? See, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, too. like how can you say stop the violence, put down the guns, stop black on black crime when you actively encourage it through hip hop? Do you exactly? What do you yeah. really do? What do you really want? Do you really want us to put down the guns? Do you really want to stop the violence? Right, right. Except the Will Smith kind of rap. Right. <laughs> yeah, not buck, 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 I'm on my third strike. And yes, I, I heard that in the 90s. I was yeah, like, oh. It's different from Molly Percocet <laughs> from Future. Yeah. And most of his songs is talking about drugs. Yeah. Drug, sex, and when you see the videos, they're, 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 you know, they're making it rain. Oh, nine hours. Uh, unrealistic. Uh, it's been done, but believe me, I bet you those guys are looking over their shoulder always. 
you know, I was always better to do the right way and be encouraged by people who are doing the same thing uh, that you want to aspire to do. That was great, great information for me. So listen, we can have you back another time as, a, as a, we'll do another interview if there's other things you want to bring forth. But I think we did a great job and the story was definitely interesting and definitely inspiring. And I want to really thank you for being on the show. And I hope everyone enjoyed it as well. So thank you very much, Keith. I hope you have a great continued week and happy MLK Day. Thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You bet. Thank you again. Bye-bye. folks that was Keith Shepard and what a excellent excellent uh, person soul you know he does free dental like I think once one Friday a month or so and then he goes to the prisons so just just a dynamic person and one of the things he really emphasized as you can remember was to prevent you know, because the plaque in your teeth, protein that also gives you concerned with your, around your heart with the plaque that's built up around the arteries so that you could have a heart attack or bad health from that. So everyday floss. And that was kind of nice. Sounds like your local dentist. And he really gives out the information and he's very serious about it. So. He, in fact, he, if you were in his area, he would be one of the better dentists that you would go to. Kind soul and very compassionate. So that's, that was my show for the new year. And I hope that you guys enjoy it. Definitely continue to comment and let us know how we are and how we can even be better. So there it is. Keith Shepard, folks.